stop on this train will be... It's up to you, New York, New York. on a hill there, the deep center, sets back, away back, yeah. she is gone. City this is 161st Street, Yankee Stadium. We're not worried about the the this the AL East is still up for grabs. Like that's just not true. <laughs> like yeah, I, I went to baseball, I went to but... school with uh, like a bunch of my boys that that I was uh, and I'm still really good friends with. They're all from for some reason like the New York Boston you like gravitate to each other. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so like a lot of my really good friends are actually from Boston. So that rivalry was going back and forth for a long time. Yeah, the, the late '90s, early 2000s were were great because I was with them most of the time, and I was, I was, uh, completely obnoxious in their face. <laughs> and then, and then when everybody moved that's on with life, right. that's when it started. You know, the Red Sox started winning, so at least I had some yeah. separation. Yeah. See, we didn't really have that as much. We just graduated college last year. Okay. So, so we all just moved out to the city. But while we were in college, obviously they've had how many? Super, they won all three Super Bowls, didn't? Or Wait, went to all three. And the, I'm an Eagles fan too. I don't don't ask how that happened, but at least I had that one Super Bowl where we beat them. So yeah. around all of our friends, but I'm a I'm a beaten Jets fan, man. So I just don't give up. Hey, there we go. So, so <laughs> Let's see. go. I'm just they yeah. beat they beat me so far down that you know like I, it's impossible to get optimistic at this point. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I I barely watched NFL this season. Yeah, me too. It's like it's you, sad. you lose motivation to actually watch anything. You know what pisses me off is that like I invest so much, so much of my heart and soul into that team for so long, and then they just do nothing but fuck it up like every year, and and I feel like they don't try sometimes. Like I feel like the ownership, like the the new uh, what's his fuck, uh, the brother, what's his name, uh, Johnson and Johnson. Oh yeah. This Johnson is a complete dipshit. Like, <laughs> I can't handle him, and I don't I don't believe anything he says. I don't trust him. Like I feel like he's just doing this because it's fun and like it's a little toy. Somebody. Well, isn't isn't that guy from, or, or it's based off of the guy from the, the the investing show or that that big show on HBO? Oh, Ballers. No. No. Um. I don't know, but like who it's based off of, the like, big wig Wall Street guy back in the day. Apparently, he's trying to buy the Jets, or they did a, oh, a deal. Yeah. So yeah, they did it like yeah. in a couple of years from now. It comes into place, but. Maybe that'll help. That's, I mean, the, that's the Mets. He's buying the oh, Mets. Oh, yeah, and that's what I meant. Yeah, the Mets. The Will yeah, Ponsi. There's the other problem with the Jets. Everybody fucking lumps us in with the Mets. Yeah. yeah I mean, most, I most people are Jets and Mets fans, so I don't I know. know. It's like, oh, you're miserable? You got to be a Jets fan and a Mets fan. <laughs> I don't get why people will do that to themselves. At least, like, even I'll allow the bandwagon. Like, you can come over, at least be an honorary Yankees fan. Just give yourself yeah. a little bit of happiness. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cool. Crazy. Well, uh, I mean, like, again, appreciate you so much coming on. But um, I'd love to, like, learn a little bit more about, like, how you guys got started with Bronx Pinstripes and, you know, what, like, what was this, the initial factor of you guys actually getting started and, like, have you guys really, like, escalated through this growth? It's, it's amazing. You guys are now, like, the number one Yankees podcast in the world. So Bronx Pinstripes started when I was – you know, it was like 10 years ago, and uh, it was really just me just trying to uh, get a creative void to like talk the you know talk Yankees baseball and write a little bit and uh, and so it started out as a blog and like me fucking around in like in Photoshop and just kind of yeah. learning Photoshop kind of with you know uh, with Yankees content 
And uh, I'll tell you the reason I started it is because I there weren't very many websites out there. there were, I mean, like River Avenue Blues and like a bunch of those sites were out there. But there was a site called um, – it was called uh, NYY News. I don't know if you even remember it, but it's still there, <laughs> I think. But it's like a forum. It's like a it's like a really long form, uh, like with a whole bunch of mega threads. And I fucking hate the mega threads. So it was like Brett Gardner would be a thread, right? And it would you couldn't find anything in it because it would be everything about Brett Gardner for like ten years of content. <laughs> and it was just I don't know. It was an annoying way to uh, to talk with with other Yankees fans. So. Uh, I just decided I was like, let's let's do this and see what happens. And um, I started on Twitter and just started like just talking with people on Twitter and then following other Yankee fans. That's kind of how it started. It's probably why we have we have so many followers on on Twitter is because in the beginning, the way I grew is I just followed a bunch of Yankees fans. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then I put a kind of a cat call out for people who wanted to write. And Andrew, my co-host, who was the first first guy I brought on. Um, and uh, yeah, so he was writing and, and then, you know, the both of us were writing and all that. And I, I slowly stopped writing as much and we brought on more writers. And uh, long story short, it's just kind of evolved from there just being so, a, a hobby. And, and we've just kind of like added to it as the years have gone on. We did we started the podcast shit five years ago now. <laughs> and uh, it was just us. And uh, Feinstein was was doing the Daily News show. It was that was the only other Yankee show out there right, at that point. And uh, so we decided to do that. And then, yeah, just kind of progressed, man. Like events, we started doing events. That was something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then finally got to the point because it was just, it's a lot of time. So we finally got to that point where we're starting to grow that. And that's been fun, man. That's been yeah. one of my more, more, uh, more fun points of, of Bronx Pitch Because you get to hang out with more people. And it's just like the in real yeah. life stuff is good for me. Yeah. You start to like build that community, which is awesome. Yeah. That yeah. was the whole reason why we wanted to start that. We wanted to do like a Yankees group chat too for everybody. Just like a, I don't even know, like a Facebook group or something. So people can just like make their own posts and threads or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, we wanted, to, we actually wanted to come to one of the, the Bronx Pinch Drives events, but a couple of our friends just couldn't make it. Yeah. So, but and, I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. You guys go, we actually met you guys briefly at Billy's when we were uh, just at, like up at the top bar just before, okay. one, before one of the playoff games. Obviously, you this don't year? remember that. Yeah, this year. Yeah, but, I kind of do. Now Now that I'm seeing your faces again, I kind of remember it. Yeah, it was just all of you guys. Was it, be you, was it before or after the game? That's a big difference. Before. It was before, <laughs> it was before the game. But we just we just brushed past and went to the, the back bar. But yeah, it was cool. But that's pretty much what we're trying to do. We wanted to do like all the events and stuff eventually. Yeah. Yeah. We actually did something. We actually did something that was pretty fun uh, in the last episode. We did. We had a couple of our friends here too, and did the like the all-time Yankees draft because it was like the end of the decade. So we, and there's nothing really going on in the off season. So we thought it would be fun. So we did like a snake draft fantasy style, and a lot of people didn't even understand that either. So we posted like the final like results with the the swipe of all four of our teams and everyone was like oh my god you don't have babe ruth on your team i was like well he's on that team <laughs> like they're like if you have like dd over jeter you should just i'm blocking you right now i was like oh because they thought, I it, they thought it yeah. was one team and like, yeah and i literally i had to edit it and put it in all caps like this is a fantasy draft <laughs> like yeah we, we did that a couple of years out. ago yeah we did that a couple of years ago actually um it's fun it's fun to do it's, but yeah. it, it's when you start getting down to it some people start picking some crazy shit. I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yes. Damon. That's that was Damon. <laughs> Damon started off hot with Robbie Cano, which is not a terrible pick, but number as one a number overall, one pick, that's kind of crazy. Listen, 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 <laughs> listen. My my whole thing was, you know, you gotta think about the, the snake draft, and you gotta think about the scarce positions. You know, okay. 
I'm not going to pick an outfielder first because the you know Yankees are stacked all time with outfielders. All right, before so, I listen to any further, who was on the board? Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> he like, picked it. Pick I know. Was, what pick was this? One one. <laughs> what the? Fuck? I know. That's, that's what we. That's what we said. And you're not even going to believe the other one. There's somebody who shouldn't have been picked. He. Listen. All right. I. You guys have like an draft, hour to prepare. If it's a snake draft, you you're not picking for a long time, so you got to go exactly. top heavy. Yeah, I know, gotta, I know, I know. You have to really hit with this I, pick. And he, I came back from work. I was, I wasn't really focusing. We kind of jumped into it, <laughs> and Robbie Cohen's one of my favorite players ever. So it was a little bit favored that way. He also but, took Randy Johnson, which is the worst pick in the right, world. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking he, about. He that. obviously came in last when we did the vote, but I mean, yours truly won. Whatever. But but he got Randy Johnson like the fourth round. And we're like, what? Randy Johnson like, was not a good Yankee. He no, was, he yeah, wasn't. He was no, 39, <laughs> age 39 and 40, had a five ERA. <laughs> like, yeah. no, last didn't, years of his career. <laughs> that experiment didn't work out too well. No, yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean, it went fun, though. Like, we all just, it was like an hour and a half of just picking yeah. all the time. Just, it was like some were bad picks, some were good. It was fun. I think a controversial one was Ricky Henderson. I don't know. How you guys feel? I mean, everybody thinks he's in A, but I mean, we did no. have him in his, in his prime. So I got a, a Ricky Henderson starting lineup behind me. In the, yeah. in the <laughs> nice. slide. yeah, no, the uh, no, Ricky Henderson's the New York Yankee. Yeah, I had him in. What round was that? Like midway through. I think it was a steal. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Hey, fun. no pun intended, baby. Ricky Henderson was literally <laughs> one of the greatest. Like if I. If I when I used to coach little league, the, the um, I would show like these kids are like, who the hell is this guy? But if you watch his mechanics, like running from first base to second base on a, on a on a steal after a lead, uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing because he starts so low, and that dude stays low, 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 low and like he barely even raises up at all. He's just a rocket all the way yeah. through. <laughs> Fun to watch. I, I saw a cool stat. It was like. If somebody played for the next 20 years and stole 50 bags every single year, they still wouldn't catch up to Ricky Henderson. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true, man. I mean, he was so good. What was the most so, he stole in one year? Like 70-something? I don't know the top number, but it was a lot. Yeah, that, I don't I mean, more than more anybody. Than average. <laughs> Definitely more than average. Got to pay attention to who's going to start challenging us. So with the Nolan Arenado, he's apparently going to be traded 50-50 this, this season. So... With him, obviously, I don't think we're going to get Nolan Arenado, nor do we really need him. But with that news, like, where do you, where do you guys think he's, he's going to go? And what does that mean for us as a team, too? I mean, I don't think it has any bearing on what the Yankees do or, or how the Yankees do anything, honestly, or even yeah. uh, go about their team. If that guy gets traded, it's going to be to a, a team that can obviously absorb the massive salary, right? So yeah. you're looking at, like, the Dodgers and – the Dodgers, not going <laughs> to be the Angels. The Angels could absorb, but they just got Rendon, so you need uh, you need a fit there as well. And, I mean, it, the Dodgers probably yeah. would be the, the team, and I, I would think the only team that could do that, that could pull off a deal like that. Well, that's why I ask, because I think that's the only team. Like, if you were to take him, Betts, Orlandor, the other three that are, like, trade assets right now that are being talked about, yeah. and put them on just the Dodgers, that's the only team that would, like, make me worried about being like the favorites going in. I mean, it's baseball, so anything can happen. But, you know, I think if one of those three, any which one goes on the Dodgers, that's definitely cause for concern. So, yeah, I don't get too wrapped up on what's going on in the National League just because, like you said, it's such a crapshoot and you don't know who yeah. the hell. I mean, look what the Nationals did. There, yeah, right? exactly. like, nobody was <laughs> expecting that. But yeah. but um, I don't know, like if I, if, if they get there and they're good, then 
that's cool. We'll, you know, we'll see you in the World Series. Yeah, or they'll choke <laughs> like they have been for the past, past couple of years. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So they, they uh, and they, they're actually much. They're not. They, they lost Ryu. Like that's a big deal. I mean, he was yeah. a, a very good pitcher for them. So. Yeah, I mean, he's on the Blue Jays now. The Blue Jays are actually kind of like, they're actually young and talented. So now they add Ryu, but I mean, they they're look, gonna be they're gonna be a pain in the ass. That's what they're gonna. Yeah, be. I think they could get like around the Rays, and then who knows what the Red Sox are gonna do if they get rid of Betts? Then I think they'll they might be below them even. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, they they have they have a lot of good young talent, obviously on the offensive side. So I think their pitching is the the one area, and by adding a guy like Ryu, it just gives them some uh, stability. Every fifth day. So, um, yeah, they're going to be a pain in the ass. There's no doubt. There's yeah. No doubt. yeah. Like, that another, offense is going to be good. Yeah, another team that also could come out of the woodwork this year is, I mean, the White Sox look pretty fucking good, too. Yeah. I mean, the White Sox, who they? they added Keiko. They added uh, Moncada is apparently going to be a potential MVP this year, they're saying. <laughs> but, I mean, they just look – they got Grandal, too. Yeah. Definitely have – they definitely have young talent. They have prospects. Like, that's – that's yeah. what they're doing right now. They're building based on they're building within the farm, and then they're adding, you know, veteran pieces around it. So yeah, with like they, they could be too. they could be filthy next year. You never uh, like if this young if these young guys come and they all start playing, um, and they and they look up to the hype to the hype of what their prospect status is, like they could be a very good team and, yeah. and, and dangerous. So if you could see them rise, kind of like the Braves rose like fast and quick, and uh, probably a year or two early. I mean, Yankees did the same thing. Yeah. Yankees rose a, a you know a year or two early, so I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they did. Yeah, especially with the Lindor thing too, because that that division is very winnable. And then if Lindor yeah. moves, then they're easily the favorites to win the division. So that's just an easy ticket to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean them the Twins, uh, the Twins are still oh, the Twins too. I forgot about the Twins. <laughs> there, but but I, I don't think they, you know, they they've added some pieces, but they're not by any means like a, a juggernaut in the Central. No. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk, let's talk a little about the Yankees now that we just took a little bit of dive around the league. <laughs> but uh, so the Domingo Herman suspension just came out, and it was the 81 games retroactive because he just served some of it, and now 63 games. So I wanted to gauge what you guys thought that means for us or immediate reaction. I think it was fair. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Damon. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's tough to say because I, tough. I mean, obviously we don't want him to be – on the yeah, field. If, I know. If that, I'm not rooting for the guy if he's gonna do like the domestic abuse stuff. Obviously, we don't stand yeah. for that. But. I think I think a big part of it is setting examples, and I think that's been a huge theme, especially in this day we live in right now. And whenever domestic abuse comes out, that takes it's been taken very very seriously. And I think this is a big just like setting an like, example suspension. Um, Especially because that CC's charity yeah. event, like that's not a good look. Yeah, he did it <clears throat> full blown public too. That was just... um, but yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, obviously deserves a big suspension. Um, you know, big setting example, and I don't think that, you know, it, it, it needs to it needs to be it needs to happen. It needs to happen. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, like, I, so the way that we uh, we approach this, obviously nobody nobody uh, advocates and and supports anybody that is a, a, an abuser like it's it's just bad yeah. everybody knows that it's a bad thing to do uh but separating it with the with baseball because that's what we're talking about we're talking about yeah. baseball on the field and i think that's very uh you know you got to do that if you're talking about baseball you're talking about the yankees because it does impact them on the field and it hurt them last year it hurt them like him being stupid and, and being a bad guy hurt the new york yankees on the field that's just that's what happened yeah, uh, yeah we could have used him <laughs> in the playoffs he would have been he would have been a piece that they would have absolutely used and, and could have been a swing piece you don't know um but 
but the fact that like yeah there, there's a precedent i think for um for the suspensions like he was uh there was another one i'm looking oh yeah osuna had one that was very similar to that i think his was a little bit uh yeah for five yeah. or six games less than what Herman got so there was a precedent set um and and who knows what behind the scenes like we don't know we don't we don't know what happened yankees probably know what happened baseball know what happened Herman know what happened everybody involved knows what happened so you know, we, we don't make judgments on that because we don't know. Uh, we let them take care of that, and then we worry about the stuff on the field. Like, I feel like that's the best way to approach a situation yeah. like this as a fan. Uh, but he's a he's a good pitcher, and he developed a lot last year, and he became a guy that the Yankees could really rely on, uh, you know, whether it was in the in the starting rotation. Like, he stepped up when Seve went was, went down. Like, he was the guy yeah. that, that got them over awesome. the bridge. He was a bridge guy. And, um, you know, if he, him not being on the field is obviously going to impact him. That being said – the Yankees have Jordan Montgomery coming up that is, you know, very possibly going to be the number five guy. He's going to be competing for that spot, obviously. And uh, so, you know, if he can come back and rebound from from his Tommy John and and uh, all reports indicate that he's healthy and ready to go, um, you know, that will help a bit. And then Herman will come back at some point in the middle of the season and we'll yeah. see what happens there. Like if the Yankees stay with yeah, him. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point because I think a lot of people don't think about it as on the field off the field i think everybody thinks about it as one big thing you know it's like it just it is what it is so like, yeah I, I feel like it goes without said that that we don't support him and of what, not, what yeah. happened like yeah but it's at the same time like he's a baseball player on our team and he's still on the team like if the yankees dismissed him then then that's it like that takes care of sure. that and i hope that he has you know is being contrite and doing all the uh, all the things right to make himself a better dude uh but that doesn't change the fact that yeah, what he is on the baseball field, and, and like, I think as fans, as, as people who talk about the team on the field, as the New York Yankees on the field wearing the pinstripes, like that hurts the team. Yeah. Bottom line, of it does. Yeah, I mean, he literally—I think he was a swing piece for the playoffs because I mean, the, we were using the bullpen so much, and then if he—he's in—it could be a long reliever too, and he comes in there whenever somebody gets pulled early, and then all of a sudden you can just get lengthened and. I mean, I think that could even win us the World Series, honestly, because if we get past the Astros, then who knows what happens against the Nationals. But anyway, but when he comes back, too, so now that we're, we're past that, we know that he's going to be coming back. So when he comes back, I'm, I'm going to root for him. But, you know, obviously not the offensive field. But when he comes back, that's a lethal number five. Like, that, <laughs> that's pretty significant to get back after only 63 games, too. So, I mean, I think that's scary for other teams. And it's cool because – Last year, something that everybody talked about being such a weakness and like middle of the pike, nothing special about our starting rotation. Although Yankee bias, I thought it was still pretty good, but I was never really worried. But now, in a snap of a finger, it becomes the possibly up for debate the best rotation in the league up there with the Dodgers and the Nationals still because they just brought back Strasburg. But it's just crazy to see that something so weak became literally one of the top strengths, not only on our team, but with MLB. So I just yeah, think that's I mean, really cool. You add the best pitcher on the planet, and you know, that, that helps. <laughs> Definitely that helps. helps. <laughs> that certainly helps. You add, a, um, you bring back a guy like Seve, who's going to you know, hopefully be healthy for the entire season. Like that's a, that's a guy that we saw in the first half of 2018 be the most dominant pitcher in baseball. He was filthy. And, you know, once, uh, once we saw that, we got a little taste of what we think Seve could be as a, as a number one type guy. So, you know, if he can get back to even three quarters of that, you know, that's a solid, 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 very good yeah. number two guy. And uh, then, then you know, Paxton again. I think there's a lot of potential in there. Like the ceiling's high. I think for the for the um, 
for the rotation. And I do think there's some depth now. Yes, you uh, if if um, uh, if Herman does come back in the middle of the season, and that's a piece that they can rely on at some point. Then, then yeah, you're adding more depth at that point. Uh, with Montgomery coming back from healthy, we got Davey Garcia. Who knows what he'll be if they keep him in the rotation uh, in Scranton or if he's going to be a uh, you know a potential bullpen piece later on. I think there's there's definitely some options that are that are around, and and I think make make us as fans and the Yankees feel good about their depth. Yeah. yeah. So I know you mentioned the. Um... That uh, you think Montgomery would be the five? Is that who you'd pick as number five on opening day? Him or I mean, obviously Hap in the conversation too, but you would go uh, with with him. Well, I mean, spring training is going to tell. I think I want to yeah. see what he looks like and and how he's uh, how he's come back from surgery. But yeah, I mean, I think he's got a real he's got a real opportunity for it. So you're looking at uh, you're looking at Cole, Sevy, Tanaka, Paxton, and then, and then you know else? it's Montgomery, <laughs> Hap. I mean. Who knows? The, they so could do opener. Yeah, I hate the opener, but the, um, <laughs> the, the thing is, is like you're you, the beginning of the season. A lot of times they start off with, uh, you know, they could start off with more guys on the, you know, getting getting spot starts as well. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of options. I think there's some good stuff. And even if Montgomery started in the in Triple A, not the end of the world because I do think Hap's going to rebound. I think that we saw bad Jay Hap at the beginning of last year. Yeah. But if you look at what his numbers were in the second half, actually he wasn't a bad pitcher. And uh, I, I don't think anybody – fans don't realize how, how much better he was in the second half yeah. um, than he was in the first half. And we're talking about a number five guy. I'm not talking about Jay Happy in a number two or three guy. <laughs> yeah, we're talking exactly. about a number five guy who can get through some innings. Like, that's what we need. Yeah. And we were talking about that too. Like, Jay Happ was, like, low-key pretty good. And whenever he would go out there, we would be in the game at least. So he would never yeah. really blow up. He would eat up innings. And, I mean, it's definitely not a bad number five to have. And if – you said spring training. Yeah, we'll find out who becomes that number five. And I, I honestly don't hate the opener. So I know a lot of people don't like it. But the opener, every once in a while, I mean, Chad Green was, we were like, there was some stat before that we were like undefeated 20 and 0 whenever Chad Green is the opener. So, okay. So here, here's what I hate about that. That stat <laughs> is so bullshit. How, what does Chad Green have anything to do with the eight innings that he doesn't get? Yeah, he it? doesn't get the win. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it's not even that he doesn't get the win. He only dictates. One the inning. first inning or two. Yeah, so, like, I understand the team is – but there's a lot more, like, okay, so now we're saying that um, Nestor Cortez is the key <laughs> puzzle because he was the guy that came in after him for a long time. So, big so, let's, guy. <laughs> so let's let's throw, like, as many games with Nestor Cortez as possible. I don't know. It's just to me, like, there's a way too many possible things that go wrong. You need more guys to pitch well on, on that given day and, and, to you know, the chances are lower, in my opinion, so – yeah, no, I know. It's just, it was just a little something that they, they they said it all the time. I remember Michael Kay and all of them just putting that graphic on the screen, like, oh, they're twenty something yeah, and know. Whenever it's like Chad Green is stat of the year, and they're just probably trying to like help out like Chad Green's just well being because the first <laughs> half of the year he was just had like a seventy five ERA, and then he's just like, oh, Chad Green's actually pretty good, which he was, and he looked like regular Chad Green again. So honestly. I think they should move away from the opener now that we talked about it and put him back into like a good, like longer relief role because he, he was like lights out, especially in the playoffs too. I remember I tweeted out like uh, his jersey is like I'm buying Chad Green's jersey right now, and then immediately after that, I think he gave up a home run. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm gonna delete this now. <laughs> I mean, the home run that he gave up was uh, uh in game, what was it game four? Yeah, it was like three or four. The LCS. Yeah, it was uh, it was to um. That was the walk-off, wasn't it? No. No, no, no. it was. No. no, that's not what I'm. Th- yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. 
but uh, I, I can't think of his name. The first baseman for the Astros. Yuli anyway, Gurriel. it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Uriel. Yeah. It was a uh, it was an inside pitch. It was a fastball. It was like 98, 99 miles an hour, like four inches off the plate inside. You tell me that. That's a good. Pitch. You were telling me that. <laughs> you tell me that motherfucker didn't know what was coming. Please. No, well, nobody well, hits that pitch now. Yeah, <laughs> nobody hits that pitch. He I mean, was they... so he was sitting fastball inside, yeah. and and just you know you tip your cap if he didn't get get a little uh, you know red light that he saw. But or a letter buzz. buzz. I've yeah. heard they had like little, they have like patches that had like a little buzz they got. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. It's 2020 now, so th- you got something. I just think, <laughs> to be honest, like that banging. I know we're not going to get back into this, but the banging was just so like caveman. Like you have <laughs> like, all this technology and stuff. <laughs> like that is just so blatantly obvious. Like even you got to believe they went through like the the top everybody and say like, listen, yeah, no, this will work. We'll just bang on this trash can. Like that's it. Everybody says, yeah, no, that'll work. We won't get caught. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you put the stuff like the most obvious thing in your face that you don't realize because it's so in your face. You're yeah. like, nah, it couldn't be anything. They wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't be that stupid. <laughs> and then they even went, I think, I know John Boy had all those video breakdowns and he would put out like the, the whistling. I don't know if the whistling, but the whistling was more like low key too because it was Texas. So they do like the whole, they have the vuvuzelas or whoever they got in the background. But that's not anymore. Vuvuzelas? Vuvuzelas. From the fucking... I don't know, but I wouldn't be shocked if that was in 2017. So I'm pretty sure if it won them a World Series, they definitely kept doing it. I mean, I'm not on the inside, but I wouldn't stop if I if it was working. So yeah, I don't know. It's, the whole thing is 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 funny, but um, that that pitch that Chad Green threw was a, was it was actually a good pitch. I know everybody was watching like, yeah. what are you doing? No, you look back at that pitch. It was actually yeah. a good pitch. It's a very good pitch. Yeah. <laughs> but Chad Green also like Chad Green's a I want the reason I don't like the opener, especially too, when when I have a guy like Chad Green pitching in the uh, first inning, like I want that guy in high leverage situations because that yeah. guy is still, so. And I understand that people can you will come back and say, well, uh, he's going to face the top of the lineup. That might be an opportunity for them to score uh, with with some of their best hitters. Yes, I understand that, but I'm of the belief that the later in the game, it's just different. It there's a different so feeling. Different. There's a different there's a different uh, energy to the game itself. So people perform in different ways, and I want that. I want that guy. I want Chad Green, who's got probably. I mean, I think two years ago, the the when the bullpen, when they had all the nicknames for the bullpen, they were talking about Chad Green, who had the best fastball in, in the in the pen. All the all the guys yeah. out there. So I mean, like that guy's got one of the most lively fastballs in the league. I want him at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, you said it too with the leverage and how he's always going under pressure like that, and that was something that was weird to me too with Adam Ottavino because he. I remember during the season, obviously he was lights out. He just it was throwing a wiffle ball out there with that slider, and, and nobody could touch him. And I even looked up a stat with like the leverage index. We were getting deep into the like the woba and all that all that stuff. I'm not really big into the numbers like that, but I mean he had like the highest leverage index on the Yankees, which obviously means he's used in the highest leverage situations, which is actually cool to see because that includes Chapman. So you would think that the closer was in the highest leverage index. But, well, Chapman comes in in the ninth every time, right? So, so it's, yeah, it's clean. So it's clean, and then uh, Adovino would come in. I mean, normally the eighth, but you'd see him in the seventh. Sometimes even in the sixth inning. But yeah, he was he was more of a fire player outer. Yeah, he would come in with like bases loaded or something. But he had that, and then all of a sudden the playoffs, he just absolutely shits the bed. So I did, I just don't understand like what happened with him. I guess it's just the playoffs. I mean, he has, it started. It started in September. I mean, I mean, end of August, September, he was bad. He started yeah. end of the season. He just fell off a cliff, and, and he, he couldn't. Problem with him was that he couldn't throw a freaking strike. 
It was it was yeah. so frustrating. Like how many times did he walk? He would come in the game and just walk a dude. Uh, right or, away, or, and then they get pulled. <laughs> yeah, and they get pulled. It's like, come on, man. It drives me nuts when relievers come in and walk guys. Yeah. So, and it would be four pitch walks too. Yeah, I know. You know, like people they were spitting on his slider that was that was the that that frisbee coming across the plate. Yeah, I never really liked that they pull Boone pulled him so early though, because I mean, I mean if you do it time after time after time, you pull him that quick, like that is horrible for his confidence. So throw a goddamn like, strike. Throw a goddamn strike. That. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but like in a random like regular season game, I feel like give him a little bit of time to get working. Maybe I don't know. I got no love for professional. Well, in the playoffs, yeah. The job, yeah, yeah. In the I mean, in the playoffs, obviously you're gonna get pulled right away, and I that's just weird because I don't know what we sh- should like expect from him coming next year. I think he, I'm expecting him to be the same Adam out of you know that we saw early, like in the regular season for the majority. But I mean, it's hard to you always have that weird nagging memory of him being just just like a broken pitching machine just <laughs> shooting balls everywhere yeah. well now you can't even pull him because now you gotta face three batters oh yeah that too so now yeah now he won't be pulled after i hate four that pitches so because much. you gotta face all three <laughs> yeah. yeah if you look at the numbers it doesn't actually happen that often like guys leaving the game uh, after just one batter but but with him yeah he got pulled on the walks i mean look bottom line just throw some strikes like show <laughs> show them that you can throw a strike and your frisbee will be uh, will be worth a damn thing. again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, speaking of the the bullpen, I know the like the hater stuff has been tossed around, and then it went it died down a little, and then now it's back. I don't I don't know. I haven't heard much about it in the past week, but like, and we also heard that Andujar was like going to be the headliner on that deal. I don't know if it includes like Devi Garcia or maybe a couple other pieces, but I wanted to see what you would think on the trade, like a hater trade, and would you do it if it included a guy like Andujar and possibly the Devi, or what do you think the package would look like if they were doing it? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a significant package for sure. Um, yeah. The, so the Yankees are in a, like I, I, for a long time, I, I did not want to get rid of any prospects. Like I was, I was mm-hmm. a prospect hoarder for a while. Right. But a lot of those guys now are in the pros and, and now when you look at what the team is, like they're ready to go. Like this team needs to win now like there's yeah. the time is now it's never been better and and so i think if they if they have an opportunity to get a guy like that then um then cashman would probably overpay a little bit but knowing cashman man he's just gonna wait 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 and then strike when when uh you know nobody thinks uh, anything's happening so it wouldn't surprise me if a guy like they've they've already They've shown that they will give up their number one pitching prospect. They gave up Sheffield for Paxton, but mm-hmm. you got to get something good in, in return. And yeah. haters controllable, I think, for three years. So this year and then two more years, I believe. Maybe it's two years. But yeah. he's a controlled piece at a really good price. So it's it's you know it, it's a move that would make them much better right now. So yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't and I, I wouldn't hate it. He's like twenty five or twenty. Yeah, yeah. he's so, filthy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he literally won NL reliever of the year along with Chapman. So having him and Chapman in the same bullpen, the two best relievers last year, would be absolutely insane. And I'd, I'd obviously slot him in the eighth spot. So having eight, the eighth and ninth inning absolutely locked up. And then right below that, Britton, who had a 1-9 ERA Britain's last year. awesome last year, yeah. Amazing. And awesome. he's in the seventh. So then that pushes, like, Adovino to the sixth. And then we only need, like, <laughs> they got Chad Green, too, who can go two. So then we borderline need any starters at all, but then we got Garrett Cole too, so and he'll go nine, so that's perfectly fine. <laughs> but 
I'm I'm less on the fence of I know I know the prospects like we've they've done us well, but it's the win it's like definitely a win now time. Yeah. But I feel like Andujar is also a win now piece because I mean him and Glaber when they were rookies, both I mean he I mean Andujar was the better prospect that year. He was the Yankees MVP in twenty eighteen and I mean I think he should have won rookie of the year over Shohei Otani, but He's just a unicorn, and he pitched also. So, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but the fact that I mean, the numbers were there. Andrew Hor was batting three hundred with thirty something bombs, nearly hundred RBIs, a million doubles, a million doubles. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, like the fact that him, he was the better prospect over Glaber in their rookie season, and then Glaber takes this stride in the second year. So I'm just translating that to Andrew Hor and seeing like if Glaber can do that and become an absolute stud this year then imagine what Andujar could do, too. That's why I'm a little bit hugging not him. So, I don't know. The problem, so, the, I mean, I think that where you get tricky is, like, is comparing two guys and and assuming that there will be a, a similar jump because I think they're very different players. Like, Miggy, I love watching him hit. He's, he's yeah. probably one of my, one of the more fun guys. Like, he reminds me of, you know, not to this extent by any means, but like a Vlad Guerrero type where he can hit yeah, the ball. Exactly, he's a yeah. good bad ball hitter. Like, I love yeah. those dudes. Who just make a ton of contact and throw the bat at it, and and yeah, he's a doubles machine. Problem is, he doesn't have a. There's no. There's no place for him right now. Like as yeah. far as the the field. So if you can come out and show that he, um, that you know, improved on third base, then I think that's the biggest key for him, um, being a a dynamic piece in this team. Because yes, he could be DH. Absolutely, we could use him in the uh, in in the uh, DH spot. But I feel like still that DH spot needs to be is going to be used as a. Uh, a flex piece almost right it's like yeah. a, it's got to be a, a a piece for a guy to get a half a day off like Stanton's mm. gonna be in that dh spot a lot i think he would be the primary dh because you're not looking at him as the is he gonna be the primary left fielder while mm, hicks is out in center field is uh is with guardy i don't They're know i don't know it'll maybe. be interesting to see how they do it but it's the problem with the with uh with andrew Hart, he, just, he just limits the flexibility for the team but um yeah i mean he's a good he's a damn good player and, and he helps the offense now but i just think that when you get a if you have an opportunity to get it. I think the key piece that of Hader is that he's controlled for what are yeah. those two to three years. That's that's a huge, huge piece of that. Yeah, and you definitely you know what you're getting out of him too. Like he comes in. I mean, he did blow it a little bit in the wild card game, but regardless of that, he's he obviously won NL reliever of the year. But yeah. I mean, I just and I mean, I know DH is a crowded position. Like obviously we use it as a flex. And I would I like I'm wishful thinking, thinking that Stanton could play left, but He's not the everyday left fielder that he was on the Marlins. Was I don't even remember. Was he the primary fielder in, on the Marlins, or did he? Played, he, he played right there? field. Yeah. Yeah. He all played day, right all day though. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was he was the right MVP fielder. Year. I mean, he's I whenever he plays, he's not like a bad fielder. So I I I think he can do it. I mean, I don't know much, but <laughs> it's up to him. And he's also made a glass and paper, so we'll find out if he could be healthy this year. But that's I'm definitely that's I'm, the key. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Team Stanton this year. I think he's gonna have a big year. Because, I mean, his first year, everybody thought he had a bad year, but he also almost hit for 100 RBIs and 30-something bombs, too. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad he's on the team. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to stand off the team. Like he's a, he's a damn good player. People get – I think people put too much stock in the bad at-bats. Yeah. Uh, and that's just something that we didn't see until he came over. You know, because who's watching bad Marlins at-bats? Like, nobody sees yeah. that. You see the, you see the clips. Uh, of him hitting the you know the moon with the ball, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's what you see. And 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 when you when he comes over and he's he's got these like these at bats that are just looks like a clueless guy. 
Because sometimes he did. Uh, it looked like he was chopping wood occasionally. It was just, I think it was a, a shock for, for a lot of people to see that. Yeah, no, the spotlight's on him. Yeah, but he's a damn yeah. good player. These guys yeah, help. Yeah, a bunch of people, some of our friends are like, I hate Stanton. I want him out. I want to trade him right now. We'll put him in the hater trade. Like, what? hold on, pump the brakes a little. <laughs> like, the guy won an MVP two years ago, didn't play last year, so just throw that year out. And the year he came to us, he had a good year. And it's also a transition to the Bronx from Miami where you got like 17 people watching you. So <laughs> you go to, I mean, you got us screaming out there. I mean, us alone is more than Miami. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. But I feel like the, the everyday left fielder is, well, not everyday, but they'll obviously shift it around. Big Gardner in center. And then I feel like Talkman definitely could be like the primary fielder out there. I mean, he's been... He played half the year last year, and he was one of the tops in defensive runs saved. So he clearly plays a good left. Yeah. So I, I like what Boone did last year with switching out the outfielders in DH like consistently. I don't think there was the same outfield lineup, you know, three days in a row or something. It was constantly changing. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I, I can see Talkman. I think he's gonna actually play a lot more center too because yeah. he's got that ability. And and they, um, you know, Gardner can absolutely play out there, but at the same time. Uh, you know, Gardner proved that he could stay healthy last year, and he he didn't really have any much of a decline like he normally does. Um, and he always he's usually on the field. It's just a matter of him being battered up, uh, and you know, bruised up, and and you know, towards the end of the year, kind of telling off offensively. We didn't see that last year, but they're going to obviously want to try to keep him, especially with Hicks as a very big unknown. I think yeah. we're going to see a lot of talkman out in the in center field. Yeah, and Hicks is too. Hicks with talking about like Domingo coming back. Hicks is going to be a nice piece to come back. He's probably about halfway through the year. He's going to get back like Didi did last mm-hmm. year. So that definitely doesn't hurt. I'm a, I love Hicks. He's just the, when he pimps the walks and everything like that. It's just so swaggy. He's it's amazing. And I mean, obviously he plays a damn good outfield too. That diving catch against the Twins was unbelievable. So yeah, it was a stupid catch. The <laughs> um. No, he's damn good, man. He just needs to he needs to stop like the soft the soft tissue injuries need to need to end with that. Yeah, dude. yeah. Like quit, and we just locked we him play, up too. We quit playing golf. Yeah, is that how he got injured? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know I know he's a big golfer. I was like, how about we just limit that? Like, just just stretch more. Yeah, it could be worse. You could have Jonas Cespedes getting hurt on his farm. So, <laughs> chasing boars or wasn't that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was on like a tractor or something. I don't know. But I, I still like the story better that he was the the kicked by a donkey. I felt like that one <laughs> that one played better. Yeah, everybody would just make up shit. We have a bunch of Mets fans that are friends, and they're just like, I don't even know what the fuck he's doing. I don't even know why he has a farm. Just. Just stay, stay in New York. There's nothing going on other than like just taxis. Just don't get hit by a car. But <laughs> I don't know. He's got but, paid, man. He doesn't give a. He does not care. Yeah, no, he doesn't care. I mean, they settled, which is what I think. That's like probably what the Yankees are gonna do with like Ellsbury. I don't know if there's been anything going on with him anymore, but they're probably just gonna settle because they filed for a grievance. So I mean, yeah. it's, the, it's not my pockets. I don't really care. The Yankees are gonna pay him something just pay and him tell him to walk. Shut up. <laughs> give him the hush money and then get him get him out of there. Yeah, I kind of hope they bleed him dry personally, but the, uh, yeah. the yeah. they uh, I don't know what. The, yeah, we haven't heard really much about that. Obviously, the the ML the players' association is going to fight it. Yankees are going to try to get a couple dimes back. Randy Levine's definitely going in on that. I hope he yeah. get I hope he gets him personally because I hate Jacoby Ellsbury. I think he's yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean the money is not a fucking problem for the Yankees, but like it's a matter of principle. Like the guy didn't fucking play a game since the year he came to us, and he just hasn't done anything, just making up injuries. So I don't even know. Yeah, but I don't, you know, I but, don't want to, I don't even want to hear about that guy. I hope they get money back from him so that they can use it and turn it into something productive. Yeah. My favorite 
thing of all time was when Ortiz turns around to him and he goes, "What's up, rich bitch?" It's <laughs> <laughs> a good clip. That was funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the outfield looks good. It's gonna be like a nice little revolving door. I feel like, but and we'll get obviously reinforcements back. One thing I'm just concerned about is. Well, not really concerned, but just a question I have is I don't know why they haven't extended DJ yet because, I mean, the guy's obviously a full-blown stud and he plays anywhere you want him to. Hits 330, apparently has power now too. That's not what the course feel effect isn't a thing. I just don't know what – he has one year left on his contract and I don't ever want to see this guy leave the pinstripes. So I don't know what's going on on that front. I don't know if you have anything going on that, but I don't want to see him – leave ever i want him to play forever <laughs> i'm i'm surprised so yeah like they need to extend him because i don't want him to touch free agency because i love him i love i love dj LeMay. he would be you'd be picked up so quickly the thing oh. is is that he's outplayed his contract by so much already and and yet um you know with with everything kind of tailoring down with free agency and the yankees kind of having their roster relatively set you know we may see a couple of like minor moves i think but um, or if a trade comes through like that, like Hater or something like that, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, use that time to to either negotiate or or, or try to get Lemayhu locked up because it's just a no brainer, man. Like solidify the the middle, get yeah. Glaber and DJ up there locked up for for the next you know three to four years, and let's roll. You just now we know what what's up the middle. DJ will play his ass off forever, and he's he's just a perfect Yankee. So yeah, he's, I want it. He yeah. is. He's such a baseball guy. He just fucking gets the job done day in, day out. Yeah, he, he doesn't even, he doesn't even he just smile. He just, he, just, he just there, plays baseball, goes home, that's it. I mean, not caring about anything also, else. Yeah, and he also played the like, full year knock on wood, but like he's durable too for the most part. He's like the only one that didn't catch the injury bug last year. So, And now he's – knock on wood again. But yeah. he's, uh, and now he's going to be playing at second base relatively full time, right? Which yeah. he's a freaking gold glover. Like, yeah. Like, not, but the dude will do anything you ask him to. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you ask him to go to center field, I'd put my money on DJ yeah. LeMahieu playing a good center field. I'd be confident. I'd be confident. I'd be confident. Put him out there. I don't care. Yeah, more so than the people that are trying to move Miggy to first base. I don't. I, I don't know why they, like anyone is like, oh, like yeah, Miggy can just move to first. Like yeah, no problem. Like th- I mean, the guy can't figure out third. So I don't know what makes you think. Usually when you move to another position, it's a Gold Glover that can figure it out somewhere else, like DJ going to first or something like that. So I don't understand why everyone's saying move him to first. I don't want him to – he's not a fielder. He's a DH, which is why – I mean, his use would be kind of limited too is with the revolving door. But I think, it's just, I think it's just people looking for more flexibility. So if he can, sh- if he can show something, then, yeah. you know, then it, it's, it's the guys who want him on the team are rooting for him to like to get another spot defensively just because then now he's got another flex now he's a more flexible piece to stay on the team because like you said if he's a DH you know the flexibility's not there for him so yeah that's the only thing you're providing yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean especially with our first base situation too because those i mean whether ford's going to be on there and void and i mean they're pretty much also DHs revol- the revolving door and then Stanton so it's I mean, we don't have Encarnacion anymore so that narrows it down a little but like it's still a loaded position there so i mean having miggy being handcuffed to being a dh is definitely not something that's good because you could literally throw anyone in there in the dh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm still on team miggy this is this conversation is kind of swinging me to the hater trade back again but i think i think that he would be like a good piece right now also so i don't really want to give up him plus 
Devi, which who knows what Devi is, but what we're hearing is he's a very, very good piece. And the fact that Cashman hasn't offloaded him in the typical Cashman fashion that he just makes a prospect look good and then he just throws him out for a great return, like Glaber or whatever they do, and then they do nothing when they're they're on the other team. But the fact that he held on to him, I feel like Debbie is actually something special. So maybe it's also very. I mean, he he rose up really fast too last year. So and uh, but you saw constant improvement. The thing with De- with Debbie Garcia is that I'm not sure where the Yankees see him like long term. Do they see him as a as a starting piece? Do they see him as a as a reliever? Because if they a lot of people are talking about him as a reliever. If you see him as a reliever, and now you're talking about packaging him for a guy like Josh Hader, well then what are we doing here? Because yeah, Hader's controllable. And he is a top reliever, so you're you're looking at the ceiling right now. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, and then if Mickey's the swing in that trade, then I'd, I'd probably make that deal. Yeah. If they see Garcia as as a reliever, yeah. But, I mean, I love David Garcia from what I've seen, but again, who the, who the hell knows? He's a yeah. prospect. I mean, like you said, like literally, you're getting the absolute top of the top. Like he won reliever of the year, so. What more do you ask for? I mean, other than having a younger prospect who can you can control for a lot longer of a time, but Hater He's twenty five. He's twenty five. Who Debbie? No, Hater. Hater. Yeah, I he was is. gonna say. I was. Yeah, he I don't is, know. Twenty five. Like, yeah, I mean, he's what? only been in the league. Who do you start with before the Brewers? He was on a different team before, but regardless, he was just recently in the league and he has come out and just dominated from the get go. So I had no idea. I just he was twenty five. Yeah, that's what we were talking about before. I'm looking, that, I'm looking that up right now to confirm it. I may be talking out of my ass. No, he's 25. That's ridiculous. April, I mean, imagine... 7, April 7th, he'll be 26. And the thing is, too, like, if we... I'm just thinking out loud here, but if we get him, obviously, the bullpen, it was number one before, and now it becomes disgusting, even because Batances wasn't even on the team last year, which I am, I'm still sad about, but he wasn't on the team last year, so we're not losing anything, technically. So, I mean, adding him to that already amazing bullpen is on an island alone again. And then you go in and then, I mean, Chapman's a little older now. So if you get Chapman, then Hader can become the closer after Chapman eventually leaves or something. So I think that would be a good little, like... Chapman's not going anywhere, but the uh, I mean, he just he just opted in. And he's going to be... And they also have Britain. So, it, yeah. look, it, the, the move is going to have to be... In Cashman's favor, he's going to have to see like mm-hmm. an obvious value there because right now, it would be adding to a strength already, right? So yeah. there's got to be there's got to be a huge, clear clear value for him, I think. Yeah. Uh, and if, if he sees that, he'll pull the trigger. <laughs> I got a lot of faith in Brian Cashman. I do too. I mean, Brian Cashman is the watchful protector. <laughs> he just, I, and he knows how to do everything. It's just amazing. And I mean, I don't know. It's and it, the thing is too with the, this trade, I'm still I'm. Moving more on your side now, but like our bats are clearly there. So, and if you have pitching, then with this, so we, we put up minimum six runs a game. So, if you have that kind of starting rotation and now that pitching staff, which I mapped out with the sixth and this and that, and there's no one scoring any runs. So, if we put up two runs in the first inning, the game's over. So, like we can win. Um, uh, yeah, You'd I like mean, the hope so. Yeah, I'd like to see more, more, uh, some more length out of the starters, but yeah. Uh, because otherwise we're running into a situation now where we get a uh, you know a bullpen that's that's relied on too much in the postseason yeah. and, and you start seeing falters and you know hopefully a guy obviously like Cole can can very much like swing that a little bit more and, mm. and be an anchor but um, you know until I can see it with my own two eyes yeah I'm so excited for him to be opening day just 
I'm, I'm already getting butterflies. It's like 90 days away, but I'm just, I just can't wait for him to be on the mound. It's going to be fun to watch for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's just so fucking good, and especially that he's now the number one. I feel like the rest of the Yankees starting rotation just falls into place too because they don't need to be the number one. Like, Seve obviously has, like, the the falters. Like, he gets a little nervous sometimes, so it seems. So, like, having Cole there and him not having to be the number one anymore – and being younger, like that just makes everybody else more reliable. And even Paxton, too, because Paxton borderline was the number one last year, too. And then Tanaka is just all reliable. I just, I think Tanaka is honestly our two. But we, I mean, just everybody else takes a little pressure off them because he's going to go out and dominate in the big game. And then everybody else can get their game two, game three. Or just It's just going to make everybody else better. I feel like that's what it is. Obviously, there's nothing to hate about the move, but that's just an extra piece that makes me hyped about it. <laughs> It's like the, the clear the clear cut starter. It's the clear cut number one. I mean, over anybody else in the league. Yeah. I mean, we oh, anyway, it's in the league. I, yeah, we put up a poll. It was like about who was the king in New York uh, for starting rotation for I mean, him or Degrom, and honestly, it's close. I don't know. What do you think? Are you think who's better, Degrom or Cole? I mean, I, I, it's I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. So you're 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 talking about two guys that are just uh, utterly dominant. So. Um, I'll say Cole just because he's a Yankee because it's fun to say. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I mean, Degrom is is absolutely nails. So yeah. when I when I have a, you know one of the the best, whether he's one A or just a clear yeah. one, yeah. gives a doesn't shit. matter to me. Yeah, best, yeah. best A and B. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so a- it's and like having Sevy as a number two is that's that's what that's what makes it so like th- like this li- this rotation like you could drool over it because Sevy. If he's if he's that guy that we saw or somewhere somewhere similar to what we saw in the beginning of eighteen, I mean, good luck. It's stupid, yeah. and that's that's the same thing too because we didn't we didn't see fully healthy Severino in the playoffs. That was him coming back just trying to help out the team. Like after a full spring training, full off season, everything. I think we're gonna get. And he was still great. I mean, he threw way too many pitches, but he was still fucking lights out. Well, he was yeah, he was hurt too. Yeah, so that's what I'm he, saying. You know? He definitely wasn't healthy. He, just went out there to help out the squad. But, I mean, fully healthy Severino is absolutely disgusting. We were thinking about him as being what Cole is now. Like, if he hadn't gotten hurt, I feel like he could be at that same caliber, if not very close. So, him next year I'm really excited for, especially as not being the number one. I think one of the things that's uh, that's going to be really interesting this year is that uh, there's, a, there's a clear shift in what the Yankees and how they are adjusting to, um, to the league and, and pitching – with Matt Blake and now they just brought in Tressy for strength and conditioning. Like yeah, they're definitely like... they're definitely going into a different uh, a different era of of how they approach pitching. And mm-hmm. obviously with Cole coming over, that guy made a very big transition from Pittsburgh to Houston. And a lot of that had to do with conditioning. If you look at the pictures, I, I can't stand all the all the uh, jersey swaps of old Cole from when he yeah. was with Pittsburgh and when he's with, he looks like a totally different guy. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he had all the baby, he had all the baby fat with, uh, with Pittsburgh. <laughs> and now he just looks like a, like a, like a man, like a chiseled dude. And you can see that there's a trans, there was a transformation in the, in the way that his body is, it looks and, and like the way he is, uh, you know, I think going about his conditioning and then clearly what they did with pitching, um, analytics and spin yeah. rate and all these stuff, like that's all going to be very much on the forefront of the Yankees moving forward, like up and down the the minor leagues, the um, the, the pitching staff, uh, as far as the coaches, it's it's all turned over. It's all yeah. different. So it's there's so, gonna be a big it's shift. It's so so important. It's so yeah. so important. So like, but now we got these guys like on the on the team 
we got the Tanakas, the Paxons, the Sevies. Like, how are they going to benefit from this? Could yeah, be yeah. very, very, very beneficial. It's so important. And I, f- I feel like, you know, a good – everyone <laughs> thinks about, like, you know, these pitchers are the best in the world. Like, what else could they learn? And But these conditioning coaches are so fucking unbelievable. Like, my one of my good buddies, um, he's in the minor leagues for the Dodgers. And he was actually in the um, the Astro Puli trade. So he's he was from the Cincinnati Reds and now he's in the Dodgers program. And he gained 10 miles an hour on his fastball just from that transition and that coach. And now he's yeah, that's, you know that's he's crazy. sitting at he's sitting at 96. You know, that's crazy. Oh, we used to play against. He was him at too. he was at 86. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he had a fastball at 86. No, I mean, I'm just, yeah, that was a rough number, but like, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know how you prospect at that. <laughs> I think he tops out at like 90, 98 now or something, 90, yeah. yeah, I remember playing against him when we were, in, we were in high school. His brother, too, his brother was the fastest guy in the world. He was like Ricky Henderson, but this kid just fucking gassed it by everybody. He was obviously standing alone as the best pitcher, but he's going to be something else. It's so cool. We should get him on the pod, too, and just have to talk to him too. about <laughs> how it's like. I mean, he's now a full blown baseball player, too, so. <laughs> But he's on the Dodgers now, so we got a little beef. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we had a we had a fun question we wanted to ask you. Uh, so there's the DH, obviously, in the American League. If you had to pick one player on the active roster to be the designated roider, like steroid user, so <laughs> any of them, so just one player active roster, you can just inject him with roids, let him do whatever he wants to do, like the steroid era. Who would it be? Um, <laughs> I I would uh, I would inject who who would I inject? <laughs> okay, funny way to it, put it. It may not it may not be like yeah yeah. So who's going in the stall? Who am I shooting in the ass? <laughs> the, I got. It's probably is not going to be a uh, an obvious answer. Maybe it's too obvious. And it's in your face. I'm injecting Stanton because I want him to be. Yeah. An absolute monster. He's already a monster, <laughs> yeah. but standing on steroids—that's like Barry Bonds' monster. The story. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not. I don't. I don't want to transform like a Tyler Wade with steroids. Like, what's yeah. the point of that? Yeah. Give me, give me the big strong guy that already hits bombs, and now give me him on steroids. Yeah, we put up a poll, and a lot of people were saying Stanton and Judge. I just think that. Oh, I agree with that. Obviously, he goes from being Giancarlo Stanton. Who doesn't already? He can stays hit on the out. field too. He stays on the field because that's true. Recovery. <laughs> they will. They will help you stay on the field in the short term. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but making him, he obviously would go from Stanton hitting fifty-six bombs, whatever it was, in his prime in his MVP year, to now Barry Bonds seventy-two, like five or something <laughs> like that. But I just feel like if you take my answer, would be taking a guy like DJ because he's already hitting three thirty, and then you got. He's hitting twenty something, and then you give him steroids, and now he's hitting forty five. I'm you not won't... fucking. With, I'm not fucking with DJ. He's too perfect. He's too perfect. <laughs> yeah, he's too perfect. Not, how dare you? How dare you? Fuck with <laughs> I just think that if you take him, that man he, is a saint. Now he's hitting. I don't mean he would never do it either. He would. He yeah, just, he would. He'd be like, he morals, would stop the needle. Like, no, I don't guys, think the, what are you doing? I don't think the needle would go into his skin. I, I think it would break. God wouldn't allow it. I mean, yeah, I don't even, would just like you probably not off. even let Stanton do it. He'd be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but yeah, I just would, feel like block. DJ would try to block everybody. I'm already great. <laughs> I just feel like if you take him, I mean, his morals aside, he won't let it happen. But I think if you take him, who's hitting 330, then he's now hitting 50 bombs instead of however many hit this year, like 26 or something. <laughs> 
It's, I think it's just he hit over twenty five because I want to I want to bet with twenty five home runs. So no, I remember you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys had that. Bet. I listened to you guys, and I remember you said like for the first half of the year. I don't know what was the original number you guys said. No, so the the original the we did projections. We did like the um, the projections in the beginning of the year, and I had I had him over twenty for the projections, and Andrew laughed in my face, and then I laughed in his face when it <laughs> happened. But when we were at spring training, uh, Frank, one of our writers. Um, we were down there and, uh, you know, we've had, it was after one of the games. So we were, we had been drinking, we were at a bar in Tampa and, uh, and I bet him that DJ would hit 25 and I was like, <laughs> okay, that's the next day. I'm like, that was probably a stupid bet because the bet was for, uh, whoever loses has to buy the other, uh, playoff tickets. And, um, and yeah, he hit 26. I think he hit 26. So what was, what was, was his, great day. what was his highest before coming to the Yankees? Uh, 18, I think the last year or the. Yeah, the last year with the Colorado was 17 or 18 or 16, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. Yeah. So going in 25 is <laughs> definitely a stretch. I mean, especially going from what we thought was Coors Field to Yankee State. I mean, they, we have the short porch too. So it's kind of. Well, that's it. He, he goes oppo a lot. I mean, he sprays the ball to the right. That's why I picked it. I, yeah. I thought it was going to be an uptick. I didn't mean, obviously, I didn't really account for the juice ball by any means or like the inflation yeah. in home runs across the uh, board. But. I just assumed that a lot of those doubles that are peppered in the right field, the cores yeah. that have a low trajectory, might go over the wall in right field. And oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you saw more of that happening. So you yeah, saw that a lot of Derek Jeter home runs. Too. Yeah, and he had a bunch of walk offs against the A's that were to right field, and it was just, yeah. I mean, 20, 26 home runs is nothing to sneeze at. I don't know. I'm I'm just curious if they're still going to do the juice balls this year. That's a big question mark for everything. But everyone like kind of freaked out about it. But yeah. I'm just curious. I'm just curious why they would even change it to begin with, but I mean, it's more entertaining for non-baseball fans to watch baseball. I mean, that's the whole like trying to shorten in the game too thing. I just feel like anybody who already isn't a baseball fan isn't really going to be turned on to baseball because of that, and then who people who are baseball fans are going to be more turned off because you're trying to change the game. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting because when you think about like how how it's consumed, like when you guys. When you guys were watching, uh, when you're watching stuff around the league, like how are you watching it? You're watching it on clips on social, right? Whether it's on Instagram yeah. or or on an app that, that comes across on an update or something like that. So, um, you think about that, like the top, the the top clips that are are shared are home runs. Like you see a yeah. lot of that. Mm-hmm. So, I could see MLB trying to like play to that a little bit, almost like the House of Highlight, play yeah. to that to that audience. Um, but I think that's almost too forward thinking for them. Like, I, I don't think that they actually thought that far ahead. But, uh, I, you know, I think the raise to the seams, I just don't think they expected it to be as, as drastic of a difference as fast. That's, that's personally, like, I, I don't think they expected it to be as big of a difference. And they would slowly jump, jump it up. But when you look at that ball and they, you know, they were showing it on yes or whatever a couple of times. And, like, it's significantly, significantly lower, the seams. Yeah. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, the guys can't just... The fastball guys, the hat, the hat, the guys like Hap, who lived up in the zone with the fastball that would that were fly ball pitchers that you know were getting those um those longer fly ball outs, they're going out of the park now, and mm-hmm. that yeah. guy has to completely reinvent himself and change what he does that he's been doing his entire career. He's got to change it because Hap, if without that ball, probably looking at Hap is no one's complaining about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not as and many got- people are complaining about him. We'll yeah. always complain, but not as much. <laughs> <laughs> and you, but you also got guys like Verlander, who obviously won Cy Young, but he gave up more home runs than he's ever given in his career. Yeah, he led the league. Solo shots, but because no one's ever on base against him. But 
the Jewish ball. He was the main person who was pissed off about it. Didn't isn't he the one that like called everybody out about it? <laughs> like these balls got to be juiced or something. But yeah, he was a lot of the, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, it shows too with guys like Brett Gardner hitting for power now. Apparently, I mean, that's when it, you start seeing. It. You're like you start looking yeah. at what. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he has he's helped by the short porch, but his home runs were bombs. Like he wasn't just sneaking them out. I mean, a lot of them were line drives, but. I remember him hitting into the upper deck all the time, like section 205 and everything. <laughs> so, I mean, I think Gardy has definitely uh, changed his approach, too. Like, he definitely yeah. gets he definitely gets the ball up a little bit more, and I think that's uh, that's just him, like, tra- trying to be more productive as he's getting older, and he realizes that he just got to get the ball up because if the ball goes up and you're at Yankee Stadium, yeah, like, you have a much higher chance. Yeah, you're just making out. adjustments. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, more power to him, but he also saw that the ball was going out, so – Fuck he's it, a smart not? player, man. He's a, he's a he's a wily vet, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm st- I mean, he was never going anywhere else. I mean, he was going to resign. I just thought it was funny that when we were dealing with Cole, he knew to just sit back and wait because we'll take care of you after. And they did. They gave him extra money than he should have gotten. He got 12 and a half, and, I mean, they're just, they're just paying him just for, for what he's done before. But, I mean, Gardner leaving, especially with CC leaving and, like, all the locker room presence of CC, we needed – Gardner, because he's the only one still there from the 09 team. So, I mean, his locker room presence, especially with the banging and shit, it's just we needed him in the lot. Like and bang. especially with Hicks going down too, we need the outfield depth too. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that was the biggest piece is the fact that they need the outfield depth for sure, and and uh, he can play all you know all positions if you need him to. But but no, I'd say, I mean it's important to keep a semblance of the 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 locker room presence. I, mean, I think sometimes that's a little overblown, and but but yeah, you can't. When you uh, when you're losing uh, CC and if you lost a guy like Gardner too, like that's those are two significant pieces that you'd be losing. So yeah. um, it's nice to have a slower transition and not just like jump off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Throw yeah. it away. So last thing, because I know you you got to run. Uh, Glaber this year, whenever he would uh, toss the old Rex specs on, he turned into <laughs> just the Barry Bonds. I don't know what was going on. The, I remember the first game. Where he wore those goggles, he I think he had two home runs and one was a grand slam or something. So, I I personally want to see the goggles come back. What do you think he's gonna wear the goggles this year? <laughs> all right, first of all, I gotta I can't, I can't call them goggles. All right, because I I uh, I had a, an eye injury when I was a kid, so I had to wear the big free. I don't know if you remember who uh, Chris Sabo was, but he was one of the first guys to ever. The only reason I probably remember him was because he wore the Rex specs. But they were like the big freaking Rex specs yeah. that you see back in yeah. the 80s, early 90s. <laughs> and I had to wear those when I was a kid because I had an eye injury. I had to protect the eye. And uh, so I got love for people who wear Rex specs. <laughs> when I see, when I see uh, uh, what's this fuck, Tyler, uh, um, I can't even think. I've, I've tried to erase his, uh, the, the memory of, of Tyler, with the pitcher that was Glass now? No, for the Yankees, the oh. lever. And he's now with uh, oh, Tyler the Clippard. Clippard. Clippard, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I try to erase the memory of him, but like he he was he was bad news for rec, Team Rexpec. Yeah. <laughs> I love Glaber. Glaber's just wearing them because he thinks they look cool. Like I, he I said, he's like they're not prescription. They're not. I just want to wear them. You know. Like, Did he yeah. say that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's no. He's, he's, it's a it's a fashion piece. Like, dude, just likes wearing the Rex specs. I mean, it's like, got to be. Hey, whatever he, works. He wears man. them like on and off, so like yeah. it's not a prescription thing. So he just looks. <laughs> I mean, he looks kind of fire in them. So I mean, and it works. So whenever it might be good luck. I'm I'm team Rex spec. So I'm a yeah. big superstitious guy. So if they're working, wear them. Yeah, if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it. So I still I mean, play. Uh, I still play softball 
like a, a slow pitch softball in a men's league, uh-huh. and and uh, I wear my I wear my rec specs, man. You rock I, the rec specs. I, I, gotta, I gotta protect I gotta protect the eye. If one eye goes down, I'm in big trouble. So, um, but yeah, I, so I, I embrace the people that that have the rec specs, and I'm just glad they're not those big ass clunky yeah. things that they you know like Horace Grant used to wear in the NBA. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's all those like big ass yeah. ones with the strap across your back. Like, damn, they were not doing any kids any favors who had to wear those guys. <laughs> yeah, they were asking them to be bullied. I mean, they look like the regular Oakleys, the ones he's wearing. So you just yeah, kind of exactly. like, so they're, just, they're, just, they're not doing anything. Yeah, it's a fashion state. They're probably <laughs> no, like, just no prescription, like the random, like, goggles that people wear just for, just for fashion, like the. <laughs> so Glaber's making a, making a fashion piece and look cool. So I, I, I like that. Hey, whatever, I mean, man. he's got the swag going on. He's like the hobby bias. He, he can do whatever he wants. So I don't care. <laughs> Speaking of Javi Baez, imagine him and Javi Baez up the middle if they, if they kept him. I mean, thank God we got him for Chapman, and then Chapman came right back. So, I mean, but they got what they wanted. They got the World Series. But him and him and Glaber up the middle would have been something crazy. It would have been something crazy because Javi Baez is one of the more – probably one of the most fun guys to watch on the yeah. field. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's just a freak. And some of the stuff – those tags, man, some of the tags that he makes. Yeah, happen, I love those. Nuts. Especially yeah, the one, to watch. With, yeah. Especially the one everybody knows. The Puerto Rico. He's on the Puerto Rican national team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just pointing while he's tagging the other guy. <laughs> I love that play. That is like the coolest the, thing ever. The, the the people that are the, that are like that are baseball fans and that have been baseball fans for for a while that don't like this like exciting piece of baseball that's coming up. Like, dude, oh you're hell crazy. yeah, crazy. I don't understand it because when you're watching what, what these guys do, they're having so much fun out there. And yeah, the bottom fun. line, bottom line, have fun. Because that's what this sport is. It's fun. Yeah, it's a game. <laughs> yeah, it's literally a game. Yeah, I don't like the old fart Brian McCanns or like the or Ma- even Mad Bum. Mad Bum is just like go, go to your base and like and. Max I don't mind that it. on the field. Like I don't mind that on the field because yeah. that brings another dynamic to it. But but I so I like I, I kind of like the that there are some old school guys friction, that will yeah. that will try to correct things because yeah. that makes for fun entertainment for all of yeah. us. Yeah. But uh, but as a fan, like I certainly don't. You know, I don't hate the the antics. Like I like it. I think yeah. it's fun. If you're gonna, the the only thing I will say is that like in the in the old days, if you pimped something, then there could be repercussions on the field, and I got no problem yeah. with that either. Yeah, and yeah. There's the like fights, if, and then yeah. So if you're doing it, and somebody doesn't like it, like expect to get hit. Part yeah. of the game. I mean, some I of like the best I like memories. all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, some of the best memories we have are like the brawls between the Red Sox and everything like that, and. I mean, I just love that. I mean, this year too, with Max Muncie, he said, "If you want it, go grab it out of the ocean." <laughs> like, that's the shit too. The back and forth, the friction between yeah. Mad Bum, and that's why I kind of didn't really want Mad Bum if we were gonna get Mad Bum because he'd be, I don't know, he'd be a crotchety, first of all, a crotchety yeah. uh, young man that everybody thinks is old. Yeah, He's like twenty nine years old. That's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. Such an old soul. It's like one of the one of our other friends, uh, Nolan, who's on the podcast too. He just. He's got his record player, and he's just—he's exactly like that. When we did the all-time draft too, he would take all of like the 1920s guys and <laughs> stuff like that, and he even called me out too because I was more like the the youthful teams, or especially at least 90s and above. And he was like, "Luke, how many how many players you got that are like before the 90s?" I was like, "I mean, I got Luke Gehrig, I got, <laughs> I got Joe DiMaggio." He's like, "All right, just checking," but he's just. Such an old soul like Mad Bum. It was a weird analogy, but <laughs> yeah, he was you know, he was cleaning up from the uh, the sixties, seventies, and eighties. Not not that there were very many guys to pick from the eighties, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. This this was fun. I, mean, I know you got to run eleven thirty, but I'm happy to have you on. This was awesome. Yeah, fellas, thanks for having me on, man. It was a good time. I appreciate it. Uh, it's always fun talking talking some baseball. So yeah, I, mean, I, know you got, I know you got a busy schedule, but this is 
kind of like a little little starstruck moment because we we listen to you all the time. We've been listening to you for the past like three years. I know you've been doing it for like five, but this is awesome, man. Yeah, where were you for the first two? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm just a I'm just a dude uh, who turned on a microphone one day and started talking. Uh, you know. Into it, and people listen to Casey. People start so listening. Yeah. That's it, man. Like you know, it's uh, it's just fun, man. Have fun with it, and it's uh, it's good. You guys, you guys definitely got to come out to some events. Those are yeah, those are yeah, the, uh, they're a blast, man. Two hundred five gets gets pretty pretty wild. So especially with the uh, the LDS game, like the LDS game was freaking awesome. We had yeah four hundred and seventy some people out there. It was a blast. Yeah. yeah, we were. That was the one that that we saw you guys. At yeah, the yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, we went for the whole pregame and everything like that. But I, we all of our friends. Had to get different tickets. I don't know. One of our friends had one already, so we just went to their section. But we'll for sure come to every event you guys have now. This yeah, week. we're going to go to discuss the amount of games this year. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in the Upper East Side, so we're like 10 minutes from the stadium. We just take the four straight okay. there. So we literally have been sitting on the couch just watching the game, and like the second inning rolls around. We're like, yeah, you want to go? We actually... you, can get, you can get very cheap tickets for, in the second. Yeah, after yeah the game like starts. five bucks. Well, the, yeah, on the game time. But we, what we do is uh, the Yankees might not – be too happy about this but we do we get the the monthly passes for the standing room which is only like 80 bucks for like the entire month well depending on it was some like 60 is, for august or something yeah and some months it's like 100 because there's like three red Sox games but we get that for 80 bucks so it's for the whole month yeah, yeah. the whole month a fucking steal you get it for yeah. like five dollars they, $5 they a like ticket. send you they send you the ticket day of yeah, and you use the MLB standing room ticket. app. Oh, the MLB. QR. They send you yeah. the QR on the app. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The stadium app. So we would get that, and we go to every game, and we would go in because obviously you get in the stadium with that. And then one of our friends one time had an old ticket against the Astros, and the guys obviously protecting the section. All they check for is the section number. Yeah, yeah. So he just went on Snapchat and went over the date and changed the date. So we just went into the bleachers. So after that, we can kind of get in the stadium and then go over we want but don't tell the yankees but <laughs> yeah no it's uh that i think the uh the culture in the stadium has changed uh with uh when, when they added the standing room only stuff um like the culture as far as like getting tickets and things like that because it used to be you couldn't you couldn't stand around and like there wasn't that uh that that banister real estate yeah, where you could watch bar. the game now with center field like you so, know, there's a big social aspect to going to a Yankee yeah. game too, where you can just drink and hang out and, and like ro- walk around and do whatever. Yeah, um, yeah it was because we had a whole bunch of playoff tickets too that that uh, that I was getting rid of, and uh, you could tell that a lot of people were doing that. And I, yeah. I, I had some tickets that I'm like, people are just waiting to the end to to buy the standing room only, whatever, and they just go wherever it is. So yeah. it's different. It's different in the stadium, but it's it's good to, to the the pinstripe pass is a good thing I think to get a lot more uh, people in for sure. Yeah, and the Yankees have done a great job with that too. Like they have created so many cool spaces around the stadium, and like it's almost better to go do that too. It's just such a cool experience. Yeah, you have a sick view from the center field bar too. Yeah, you just have the bar right behind you, and then you're in center field, just screaming at Brett Gardner. He never yeah. responds, but <laughs> we did, we always yell at him, and he's just all business, just looking <laughs> straight. I mean, the guys at work. I mean, I don't want somebody yelling at me while I'm at my cubicle, but. <laughs> That was, we always say that too. We were in right field one time, and Mike Talkman was out there. We were going, Mike, 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 and we were like, "Why aren't you turning around?" And he was just like, one time he did turn around. He looked pissed off. So we're like, "All right, we'll let you work." <laughs> but it is weird because the guys at work, and I can't imagine somebody screaming at me behind on my computer. 
I mean, it's you're not you're not getting paid millions of dollars in your cubicle, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and I bet I bet if you were, you'd have no problem with people yelling at you. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Just ridiculing whatever I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Type faster, you dumb shit. <laughs> if you're getting paid millions of dollars, someone can yell at you. You'd be like, yeah, all right, yeah. fuck you, I will. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So I'll, I'll let you go, but uh, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah boys, it was fun. You. Definitely. We'll talk soon for sure. Yeah, awesome. Right. Sounds good, man. See you later. And when it falls down, who you gonna call now? Come on, come on. And when it all falls down, man, I promise. I'm so self-conscious. That's why you always see me with at least one of my watches. Rollies and posses that drove me crazy. I can't even pronounce nothing. Pass that for safety. Then I spent 400 bucks on this Just to be like, nigga, you ain't up on this And I can't even go to the grocery store Without some ones that's clean And a shirt with a team scene We live in the American dream The people highest up got the lowest self-esteem The prettiest people do the ugliest things But a road to riches and diamond rings We shine because they hate us Floss because they the greatest We trying to buy back our 40 acres And for that paper, look how low we a stoop Even if you in a band, you still Come on, come on. And when it falls down, who you gonna call now? Come on, come on. And when it all falls down, I say fuck the police, that's how I treat them. We buy our way out of jail, but we can't buy freedom. We'll buy a lot of clothes, but we don't really need them. Things we buy to cover up what's inside.